Ever wondered what goes on in the kitchens of Melbourne's restaurants? I'm Joe Ritty, in conversation with the chef, gives you the backstory of some of our favourite eating spots. I'll be great, yeah. It's a um, latte. Yeah. So, hola. Hola. <laughs> um, I don't know where to start because I was reading your biography and there's so many interesting things that you've already done in your young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you're from the Basque Country. Yeah, I'm yeah. not actually from the Basque Country. Okay. I'm from next to it, okay. from like a little region. Um, it's called Leon. Yep. So it's like two hours away from Basque Country. Okay. But I moved the, to Basque Country to Bilbao when I was 17 okay. to make my studies. Yeah. I went to a culinary school and then I did my studies for three years there. Yeah. And then from there, I moved to Ibiza. I work in Ibiza. Okay. And then <clears throat> I come back to Basque Country yeah. to work for a Michelin star restaurant called Mugaritz. Yeah. And I did two years in that. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you a bit about that because, um, so you started young, 17, mm. and I did read in your biography that your dad didn't really want you to be a chef and it was yeah. more like, okay, try that, but you won't like it. Yeah, so how it was, like my, my dad knew how the chef life he were, he yeah. were and then, yeah, he, he he's not about he didn't like it, he wanted me to see how hard he yeah. was. Yeah. So when I was uh, 16, one of his friends have a restaurant in my town, one of the oldest school restaurants in my town. He's been there for like 50 years. And then he spoke with his players and said, like, oh, I'm just going to send Marco there <laughs> to, to see how hard it is the life of a chef. And then after that, he's never going to want to be a chef anymore. Yeah. And then I went there one of my summer holidays when I was in high school. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love it so much. And then... After that, I told my dad, I actually want to be yeah. more now. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think it is that you loved? Because I spoke to another chef, um, Charlie, at Lupo, which is one of um, Scott Pickett's restaurants. Yeah. And he said when he first started and he was young, he loved the vibe, like just yeah. the, the energy in the kitchen and yeah. then also the food. So what, yeah. what is it for you? I always like to cook with my, with my mum and my grandmother. Mm. And then my grandmother used to be a chef. Ah. Yeah, and I, I love and I spend a lot of time when I was a kid with my grandmother. And then I think she transferred to me that love for cooking and for, yeah. for the food and the respect for the food. And then when I first started as a chef, I saw all of the chefs that they've been working for 30 years and they have like the skill to just fix a problem in like one second. And then, I don't know, I, I look at them like a superhero. I like, wow, how do they do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I really want to be like them. Like, yeah. I really want to um, know how to have that passion and also felt like the passion for a chef is amazing like you don't look for the hours you don't look you just look for make a customer happy yeah and have the job done it's not about like a timing that you're gonna go home at 5 p.m or no it's like you have to be there until everything is good and i i don't know they transferred to me the people where i've been working with <clears throat> they transferred to me that feelings like yeah. that compromise for something that i really yeah i felt like I really want to be like that. Um, yeah. yeah. I keep working on it. <laughs> keep working on it now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's the thing, though. When If you are a really passionate chef, I feel like that those kind of chefs who are top of their game and who are really passionate want to keep learning and need more and more challenges, I think. Yeah. Important. I was a bit fascinated by when you worked at Mugurits and um, you were in research and development. Because yeah. that sounds... To me, that sounds really different to cooking with your mum and grandma. Thank you. Is that right, Sugar? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Okay. Thank you. Because yeah. the idea, because I lived in France for a year, yeah. and when you live, you know, like I feel like French people and like 
Spanish people. They really have a feel. I mean, we do here, but for the seasons and cooking quite simple food, but really amazing flavour. Yeah. And then you've gone to someone who is doing multi-sensory yeah. um, experiences. Yeah. So can you talk me through how that... <laughs> yeah, so the thing that like, I always like Mugaric, even when I started my, in my culinary school, I found that place fascinating. So it's, it was like kind of molecular food, mix it with seasoned products and always like a really conceptual restaurant and really it's, it's something that there is not a restaurant like them like yeah. it's a unique place um, I've always been really interested in all of that science into the food so when I was um, yeah when I started uh, cooking like, and then working as a chef like in Ibiza and then in Madrid I worked about <coughs> I tried to apply to work in there for free because mm. that's how, you, how that's how you do it you, you apply and then you do like a stage how mm. it's called of nine months working for free yeah and they accept me they got like each year they got like 2,000 apply application then they get 40 of them wow to work for them for free mm. <laughs> and yeah they got me and then I I worked the nine months and then in that nine months I yeah I learned a lot and then I put a lot of effort of course and then they tell me they ask me if I want to be them part of the research and development process what that means so the restaurant works just nine months a year so in that nine months they just serve the menu that they have for that year and then they close in December and then they keep some of the staff for research and development and then during three months the restaurant is closed mm. and there is like ten people just working and develop the menu for them year after okay so yeah I was part of that and then I was like literally play with whatever you want you just go to the restaurant with a computer and a shopping ball and like a library of books that the restaurant have and then you just develop an ingredient for example the, as you you got you got like things to follow right like you got your boss tell you like today or this week I want you to work with asparagus and then you spend um, 45 hours during a week just working with asparagus every way that you think in your mind asparagus could be done. So, yeah, the restaurant gives you all the opportunities to do whatever you want, and then in your mind you're just thinking and then try to do something else that no one has been done, yeah. which is quite difficult now because like a lot of things in the, in the in this this industry is all already created. Yeah. But, yeah, I find that, for me, that was like like a start to something else in my mind because like, it was like before and after the, that process because you feel and then you, you discover that you have something in yourself that could create things that but if you don't put yourself in that environment you're never gonna know. No. You need to you need to be in that environment that actually thinking about how can you do something else from a product that is yeah. not being done. Yeah. And I literally love that and yeah, I make a few of the plates for that year and yeah. So what's an example of something that you would come up with with asparagus or, or yeah. any other ingredient that yeah. perhaps no one else has come up with? So for example, like I was like last week like we have like a person in here that decorate the building with flowers, right? And then they bring this Brussels sprouts uh, plant. Yes. So it's at the trunk and then the Brussels sprout. So one of the things they made me in, in that restaurant is they told me, oh, let's play with the Brussels sprouts. And then I saw the Brussels sprouts came to the restaurant and I saw the, the stamp, actually the actual trunk. Yeah, I was like, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and then I cut it, like, I cut it with, literally with a sword, like with a knife, because it's, it's wood. It's really, it's really hard. And then I backpack it and then I cook it steam for 48 hours. Oh. Like a piece of wood, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's the stem. I don't know yeah. if you see the brass. No, I've never seen it. It's really, really thick. <laughs> yeah. 
and then I steam it and then I grill it through the charcoal until it becomes completely black and then I cut it in the middle and then yeah this is like one centimeter of wood of wooden around the uh, yeah. trunk but the, the inside the nucleo is like a marrow it's like a plastic sprout marrow so it becomes a puree <laughs> wow yeah so you eat it the stem and and then how I presented it was like a piece of charcoal because I say again it's like a trunk like a tree trunk and then I cook it and then I grill it and it was completely black but yeah. then once you open it it was a beautiful Brussels sprout pure inside but it have like another different fragrance different flavor than a Brussels sprout because it's actually the trunk how much puree do you get from a trunk? so what, how <laughs> <laughs> not much how we do it how we present it we call it the Brussels sprout marrow and then you have like this half of a trunk with um, yeah, with all the charcoal, like, it looks like burn, and then inside is like a beautiful puree, which is like the natural puree of the actual trunk wow. being cooked like that. Yeah, okay. that's one of them, for example. But yeah. each week we work in you know, different ones, and then a lot of things came up from that. A lot of things we put in the menu, and then another things like we just know how to do it, but we never put it in the menu. Like I spent weeks working in something, but maybe we couldn't put it because it could be maybe too offend for. The customer, or okay. because you're working there with a lot of things that maybe it's not being created, but also could be hard for the people to understand. Yeah. In terms of um, what the product that you're using, I don't know how to explain that in a good way, but <laughs> yeah, we work with like little chickens and you know. Okay. <laughs> sometimes you could you could do something that is brilliant. Yeah. But it could 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 be not get in a really good way. Yeah. For okay. the customer. <laughs> It all forms part of the research. Mm. So I, I guess it does mean that you look at ingredients differently because you are more aware of... It's almost like if you go through that process that there's, there are no limits. You, yeah. can, you can really think about things in a different yeah, way. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can get the excellence with an onion. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like, that's that's why I learned in research and development for me. That's, for me, like before of that, I was thinking, like, yeah, to make something that is unique and something that is that good you need to use caviar you need to use sea ocean you need to use like this kind of product it's true but I think you can make something excellent with an onion that you use it in the way that no one has been doing or maybe it's been done but you actually create something completely different that usually is an onion I don't know if that makes sense but <laughs> for example yeah with an onion we, we did like make an onion look like a tuna right Oh. Mm. Sure. How do you like, do that? I just <laughs> oh, cook it. Cook it? No, like you cook it for a long time, and yeah. then you just um, compress with a beetroot uh, juice, ah. and then you smoke it, and then it gets like a bit more dark when you smoke it, that, that red. And then when you cut the onion in a in a shape, the onion, the actual lines of the onion, the skin, like the different levels oh. of the onion, it looks like the tuna when it's like wow. Mm. Hey, something like that, for example, or. Oh, we make like um, watermelon looks like meat and I like a meat carpaccio and it literally does. I use that in here. Like you need to, yeah, you need to process the watermelon, cook it and then frozen and then smoke. And then when you cut it really thin, it looks like actually like a carpaccio. Mm. Super sweet, but yeah. So it depends how you actually use a product. You can change completely what the product is. Does that change um, food costs because you put so many hours into something? Absolutely. Like, the, the labor cost in that restaurant is insane. Like, so just so you know, like uh, something to mention, when in that three months that we were like 10 people just working 
in new things, new concepts for the next year. In that three months, the restaurant spent like a million euros yeah. between the energy and the products that they came in just to develop the menu for the next year. So it's nothing coming in in terms of money. No. And then we spent like a million euros. So the restaurant starts on March with a debt of one million euros that is already being spent in create a menu. Yeah. That you need to actually get it back during the nine months that you are open. But I imagine something like Mugaritz is booked out. Yeah, it's booked out for months. Like, yeah, it's like literally when they open, they know that like, it's going to be booked out for months. But also, it's not a restaurant that they make money. Right? So it's, yeah, it's a restaurant, it's a, it's a part of a group, right? The group is called Ixo Group, and they got three restaurants with Michelin star. No, actually four, and then two of them in the top 50. So it's Mugaric in the number seven this year, and then another restaurant called Nerua, which is the number 32. They're all from the same owner, yeah. and they're all from the same company and group. So how they work, like Mugaric, they make Mugaric be allowed to support be support with the other restaurants of the group and sure. keep there. But if Mugaric will be just a restaurant by itself, I don't think will be still open. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah it's fascinating though, isn't it? That, that's, yeah. um, that, that scene is important. And, you know, I think, yeah. I, mean, I think it is. I think it's, it's it interesting is. to... It is, because there's not a restaurant that do what they do. There is no restaurant at the moment that close for four months or three months just to work in the menu of the next, of the next yeah. year. El Bulli from Ferran Adria used to do it. Mm. El Bulli used to do six months. El, El Bulli used to be open six months and close six months for the menu. And El Bulli is closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. make you thinking about how, yeah, how much money, like, yeah, the creative and all that, all that kind of stuff. It's really important, but it's also expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's really difficult to bring that money back. It's almost, yeah, is it like then food becomes... Well, I suppose it's an experience. It's not really an art. It's an art form. It's kind of an art form, but then it, it's also science mm, like sciencey. Yeah, it, it is science. It is art. I think now we are all becoming back to the traditional ways to yeah. cook, which I really respect and I really love, because that's how I, that's how I learned, right? I learned yeah. how to make a nice croquettes with my mum, and yeah. that's what I like from food too. But I also think that part that is the science and is the art is also really important. Mm. But you can mix mix them like it has to be beautiful creative and art but it needs to be tasty it needs to be <laughs> yeah. nice yeah. because at the end of the day it's a function like you, you are eating because you need to eat to survive yeah. so sometimes like it's been developed into like a too fancy way that I like but I also think that could be could be too fancy sometimes yeah so for yeah. example, in my career, I really wanted to be in a restaurant like that when I was younger because, yeah, you, you like to cook and then you go to a culinary school. And of course, in that time, and even in these times, when you are starting in the industry, you see that as a, as a, as a challenge, as a, the, the toughest part of it, right? Mm. And then you want to see it and you want to learn from it. But now that I've been there, I'm coming back to the tradition, to the things that, are, for me, makes me happy to cook. Right? Yeah. I like to cook something that everyone is going to understand. Uh, other, other than cook something that some people will might understand and then some people will be like what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the next place you went to is, I'm going to say in the French one, I know it's not, but Nino? Yeah, it's called Nino. Yeah, so it's a restaurant from the same group, French group, yeah. So a restaurant that used to have two Michelin stars, still having one. It's the restaurant of the of the exhibition center in San Sebastian. Okay. So we work with a lot of functions and a lot of big groups and stuff like that. And that's more traditional restaurant, because once I were in Mugaritz, 
it became a point that I was loving it a lot, but I told them like, look, I would like to actually move to a place that is a bit more traditional and coming back to the to the actual cooking mm. more than yeah more than all just experiment and, and working that and they yeah they sent me to this restaurant and I love it I love it so much and yeah it was coming back again to actual cook feeling a section feeling like in a pen section or in a grill yeah like feel more than stay in the office doing development which I loved as well of course but it's not it's my yeah. Mm, yeah it's not my dream and, I, yeah mm. And so then when you decided to travel and you came here, this is a yeah. pretty great place to work. I, this yeah. is, what, look at this view. Beautiful, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so um, yeah you'd be pretty happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was really lucky that um, Frank, the, the owner from Manhandel, contacted me to, if I, and offered me to come here to work in Stokas if I, if I wanted. And I didn't think in even a minute and said yes. I'll, I started my, yeah, my visa process and came here. And for me, it was a big, big change. Came in from Spain to come into India. The industry here in Australia, I think, is is more respectful in terms for the employer. So um, they look more, and especially this company, they, they look for you to be happy and to have a life. And I think the industry in Europe, it's a bit dirty and a bit dark mm. in terms of like the hours that you work and also how how there's a few bullying sometimes in this high level. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, believe you are aware of it like it's always been like the industry like a bit of bullying and really hard for employees and here in Australia I found it's, it's beautiful and it works perfectly like and I'm yeah I'm starting to work here in Stockhouse two years ago three years ago yeah already wow, okay. um, yeah I love it so much I work with Oli Hansford and I learned a lot from him for me it was a challenge to work in English because when I came here my English up I couldn't, no one could understand me <laughs> because of my accent. And still now, like, my English is still, it's okay. But oh, it's, it's very good. Bad. It's all right. And yeah, it was a challenge for me to come back from that place to a place that I actually cannot communicate well. I was like, I really feel straight from me. It's like, oh, I want to do things. I want to cook, but I can't because they don't understand me. Oh, wow. <laughs> but little by little, step by step, and then having a good relationship with all of the chefs, I, I could do, I could do a lot of good things in here. And I, I literally love it. Yeah. Until I came downstairs, that um, that yeah, they offered to me to come downstairs and change a bit them a little bit the idea of the food that we were doing, and then we yeah, like a few months ago, we changed completely to Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's been it's been awesome. Like I can actually do the food that I've been growing with. Yeah, that's cool. I just croquettes, all of that. And but using local produce. Lo- using local produce, yeah. yeah, and also using produce from Spain. But made like authentic Spanish menu. Like oh, actually, wow. it's what what you could have in Spain. That's what we are trying to do. And also, the I think the place is beautiful for it, like in front of the beach. Yeah, it now, like it could be. Yeah, now winter is yeah, it's a bit cold. So, <laughs> but but on summer, I think it's yeah, it feels like you are in Mallorca or you are in yeah, that's right. In so, what are some examples? I, I saw that there's paella, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose you've got. Croqueta as well, yeah. and what, what else have you got on there? I got like, yeah, the recipe of my mom and then my grandmother <laughs> croquettes. I just sent a picture to her, she's so proud. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we also got the yeah, the, um, the paella, seafood paella, and then we got a plate that is really Spanish called escabeche. Yeah. It's Spanish and French, so it's like um, it's a vinegar, it's a vinegar based kind of sauce or preserve that for us that's 
like it's really classic the ceviche yeah. in, in not in Spain like in, in terms like in global but it's actually not Spanish it's more from South America it's Peruvian and Mexican um, in Spain our kind of plate similar than ceviche is escabeche because it's like acid and that's the that's one of the dishes that I put on I love it because of the flavors mm. um, yeah we got like chorizo toast I put a burger in the menu that I really like because one of my best friends, the one that I um, grew up with, and then we went to the bus to the culinary school together. One of our our dreams, of what we were always talking about making burger shop, and then he actually did it um, four years ago, and then he made that burger shop, and then now he's the best burger in Spain. Like he really, won, he won an award. Yeah, it's in Bilbao. I'm Thanks. gonna go and see. I'm going to Spain. In two days. I'm that's gonna, right, I remember, that's right. I'm gonna, awesome. <gasps> yeah, I'm going to go and see him. I haven't seen him in a while. And yeah, he became really successful. He has like a line in the burger show of 50 people from when he opened, like these people from everywhere coming and try his burger. So I want to put a burger in the menu with his, with the name of his burger place, which is the scoundrel, La Canai. Like the translate is the scoundrel burger. <laughs> and yeah. What I, is it in Spanish? La canalla, la burger canalla, yeah, scoundrel, and I, put, yeah, I put it in the middle. I feel so happy for for that to put it in, and yeah, yeah, he's selling a lot. People That's like awesome. it, yeah. So when you go home, um, is this how long since you last went home? Uh, in Spain, yeah. Oh, from when I came, three years, right? Oh, okay. so you've been back for three years. I haven't been back. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. My family has been twice already here oh. to see me, <laughs> but I like it here so much, and then. Yeah, they, they say like, when are you gonna come by? I said, all right, this year I need to go. <laughs> yeah, so you'll be seeing family and friends, and I guess will you sort of be dipping into food things again? Are there yeah. sort of certain foods that you can't yeah. get here that you? Can, yeah, you that's know? what I really want to go there and and see. I wanna feel I'm home again, and then make a bit of research in my brain, and of course. I go to Basque Country because yeah, I feel like here, like the food is amazing, but it's not the same as in Spain completely yeah, because right. of the product of the season so I want to get again involved in the actual cu- culture that Spanish food I miss it a lot yeah. I like a lot of the pinches I like the tapas I like that feeling that you go at 7pm with your friends have like a little drink and then you go like a little tapa in each restaurant I, I love that it's a different culture here isn't it I mean yeah. and it's a lot everything's a lot later I think in Spain yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's completely the style of life that we got in Spain is completely different and it's really basic in food and drinks in Spain um, yeah, it's, it's more our kind of style. Same in Italy. Yeah, right? yeah. I think every country have their own That's right. timing That's and their own culture for it and yeah. as well. And I, I love it here in Australia, but sometimes I miss home yeah. and I miss... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this, these two weeks I'm going to eat a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay with awesome. my family there, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, um, bon voyage. <laughs> what do you say in French? What do you say in Spanish? Buen, buen viaje. Yeah. Buen viaje. Okay. <laughs> so, you've been in, in France, living in France? Yeah, I'm a French teacher. Ah, as really? As a writer. So, I lived for, in France for a year, but yeah, I teach French in a, a high school here. So. Are you Australian or are you? I'm New Zealander. New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. But um, I need to go. I haven't been to France since 2012, so I'm over you miss it, it as well. You miss it as well. Part, it feels like part of me, even though I'm not French at all, but <laughs> I think when you. I love Paris. France is amazing. France yeah. for food is well, it's the capital of the world for food. Economy. Yeah. For me, it's the best gastronomy. Oh, the okay. French, yeah. yeah. I think the top three for me is like French, Italian, and Spanish in that category. Okay. For me, yeah. Yeah, interesting. They discover everything in France. Right? Yeah. All of the. Yeah, Nobel cuisine is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love Paris. Yeah. I love. It's beautiful city. Yeah, a lot of nice restaurants in there. 
going to be hot when you go to the end. Yeah. Heat wave. 41, 41 oh. degrees in, France, in, in Madrid. My yeah. mom told me, like, don't bring any jumpers with you when you are <laughs> in the plane. It's just, <laughs> you're going to melt. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. And um, have a wonderful trip home. Yeah, yeah.